If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to find out what is your true wealth, and this answer may surprise you. Joining me today is Deborah Schotsky. She is the founder of BPP Wealth, and you're also a financial expert. So welcome to the show, Deborah. Hi, Heather. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, it is a pleasure to be here, and I look forward to talking to you. Well, thank you. You have a lot to say, I think, uh, to help impart to our listeners about what true wealth really means to a person. And we're talking about self-reflection in your financial independence. Before the show, we were talking, and you were saying, hey, the first thing I do when I meet somebody is, well, what are your long-term goals? And normally, I'm just going to go, well, pff, I want a million dollars to retire with. So now what do you do with me? Yeah, what's different about us looking at as goals, we actually like to come at it really extreme. What are your dreams? What are your dreams? Not dreams that are pie in the sky, but really, if you could have anything that you could dream as it pertains to yourself or your family or your business or your health, wealth and fun, what would they be? What are those kind of really passionate dreams that you have about accomplishing and having in your life? Very different. Okay. So if I say my biggest goal is to have my house paid off before I retire and have enough money to travel the world with throughout my entire retirement, which hopefully I'm going to be alive for another 25 to 30 years, now what do we do? And then we get to quantify it, which is really fun. So if you mean travel, tell us what you mean. Like, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to Antarctica? Do you want to go to the moon, you know, which they're working on? <laughs> what do you want to do? So we can actually put it in a budget format and see if it's something that's achievable. But wouldn't it be a lot more fun is if you actually said, I would like to go on these incredible trips on a regular basis and have that be part of my full life. And if we calculate what that is, we can plan for it. All right. What if I have not quite the anticipated income or social security income or enough saved up in a 401k or Roth IRA that will fund these adventures when I retire? Now, what do we do? Well, I find the biggest problem that people have is that they don't really understand their cash flow. So they don't really do a budget that includes allowing for them to save the extra money they need if they can. Now, some people can't. Some people cannot save the money they need to accomplish what they want. I would rather put together a plan based on what they want and then see what the differences are. Let me tell you a little story. A client that came to me just got divorced and she had two kids, single mom with two kids. When I did her plan, I told her that she couldn't live the way she was living with the college and school expenses and the apartment expenses without an additional $50,000. Now, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And she was a bit taken back, which is understandable. But I knew she was somebody that the company that she worked for really, really wanted her. So I said to her, you, you have really three choices. One is you can ask them for the raise. 
and they will give you maybe some, none, or all. Another is, is that we're going to have to figure out, based on your budget, what we can change, because this is a big difference. And the third is, is you could do nothing, and you know, just by this conversation, it's going to fall apart. You're not going to be able to have your goals met as far as being able to retire, save money, and pay your bills currently. And so she decided to take me up and go ask her employer, and they gave her the raise. The full raise? The full raise. Wow. She flipped out. She did not expect that. But I find that it's very different when people go in to ask for a raise, not because, you know, I just want a raise because it's who I am. I'm showing up. But she did so much planning. And it clearly showed that she couldn't live the way she was living, which was not extravagantly based on her pay. And they they flew her from another state here because they really wanted her. So she had a little leverage on that, but she too didn't expect them to give her the raise and they did. So we need to know what we need and then we can then figure out what we can do to get it and maybe asking for some raise works. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And let's say the boss didn't give her a raise or just a very minimal one. Now she has to come back and sort of rebudget again. She might have a smidgen more money, but it's still not enough for all these goals that she wants. So what's the next step after that? So then the next step was in, in this scenario was that she was paying for her kid's education. She was divorced and she didn't want to ask him for any more. But the first thing I told her to do was ask her ex for more, see if he can afford more. So we start with the budget and we start going down to see where we can make an impact so it can be obtainable. So that was one part. Another thing was, is she wanted to pay 100% of the education. And we talked about the fact that most people are not paying 100% of their kids' education. That gives us an opportunity to include the kids and have the kids start to have great budgeting conversations. So we start to go through the budget line by line to see where we can make those changes so that we can achieve the goal. Yeah, I would recommend in case people are still in that mindset of paying 100% of the kids' education is start looking early, like four or five years earlier than you think you need to about scholarships, grants, what is available and out there based on your income or your kids' grades. And if the, the kids need to work on improving their grades to get some of these scholarships, or maybe they're into sports, something like that, then they can start working on it as well, as well as getting summer jobs while they're still in high school to help maybe offset some of the cost of books or things like that. So it can be an entire family discussion without freaking out the kids about, oh my God, we have no money and I'll never make it to college. Exactly. And I'm so glad you said that, Heather, because it actually becomes a family discussion and the kids get to be part of it. And I find that in all the times that we've included the children in making these decisions, not only was it better for the kid to understand, but the whole family got closer because it it wasn't an argument. It was just, let's figure this out together. I have one more question on that particular client. Was she in the process of trying to pay for her kid's education 100%? Was she able to put any away toward her own retirement? Yes. Thankfully, she worked with a company that had a couple retirement accounts 
they were doing that for her. In addition, she also was able to put some in the 401k plan. So she actually was, that was part of her budget and she was doing that. And she didn't realize how off her budget she was until we did her plan. I see a lot of parents sacrificing their retirement to try to get the kids ready. The problem is when you do that, I equate trying to take care of others before yourself as being on an airplane. And when they say, when the oxygen masks drop, you need to put the mask on yourself first and then put it onto somebody else. Because if you stop breathing, you're not going to be able to help anybody else. So the same principle applies if you have put all of your money toward your kid's education and you retire and you have nothing thinking, oh, but the kids will take care of me. Well, guess what? What if they don't get the job that will help pay, take care of them, let alone help them take care of you? So you have to have yourself, your financial house in order as you go into retirement. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. And the airplane analogy is what I actually use too, because it is very clear. You have to take care of yourself. And so many people get uncomfortable about focusing on themselves. And that's where a good planner, financial advisor, helpers come in. Um, because that is critical. We need to know what we need in order to pay our bills and fulfill our dreams. Otherwise, it's a mess, usually. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll still be talking with Deborah Shotsky. She's a financial expert and the founder of BPP Wealth. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show. If it affects your life in any way, money-wise, we're talking about it. Today, we're talking about how to determine your true wealth. And that may not have anything to do with money. Joining me today is Deborah Shotsky. She is the founder of BPP Wealth. And Deborah, I want to go into more about this true wealth. I would say most people do not say, hi, I'm Heather, I'm a millionaire. Hi, I'm Heather, I'm dirt poor. That is not how you quantify yourself as a person. So tell us more about what is it that people believe is true wealth? That's a great, great question, Heather. Thank you. I find that people don't know necessarily what the answer is of true wealth. However, I do find that if you ask somebody what the most important values are for them, what's really critical for their life and you actually bring it not to them individually but you bring it down to grandchildren it's amazing what people come up with what i mean by that is that true wealth are the values that you want to pass on for generations having a true wealth conversation with the matriarch and patriarch and then including the kids and grandkids about what are those key things such as Education. I can't tell you how many families I speak to that education is one of the most important things that they want their children to enjoy and experience. They, many families feel that education really does provide them with a different level of employment and many other things. When you talk to clients and you talk about their true wealth, it's not true wealth necessarily money-wise. It's true wealth of values. It is. It's true wealth of their values. It's true wealth of that family's 
uh, message that they want to carry on for generations. And what's amazing about true wealth is if you have what's important to them, which usually is contribution, I find for most, there's so many things that people want as their family's message or what should I say, legacy. And it really makes a difference. I mean, going through the um, election cycle of 2020 and beyond, it became very toxic in some of our families. And in all the true wealth conversations we had with people, finding out what their core values that they want to pass on as their legacy, none of them are politics. Wow. None of them. And yet they were fighting like cats and dogs over politics. And in all the calls, I'd say, wait a second, let's get your true wealth. You said that what you want for your family and the future is courage, education or knowledge, empathy, generosity, integrity, wisdom, kindness. Nowhere in that. I, I don't have, and I've done a lot of them, nowhere was politics on the list. Did that help some of these clients? Did they then call you back after you had that conversation and did they say, oh, we've, we've worked it out? How did that help them? It was a process. Uh, you know, it didn't just end immediately, but what kept happening was is that we kept my team and I kept reminding the individuals and some of their family members that here are the values that your parents feel strongly about passing on for generations. And I really want to keep bringing this up as a conversation so it can happen. And nowhere was politics. So let's get rid of politics. Now, what are the things that you're trying to communicate that are not political, but are factual? So what are the things that are important? And, and all of a sudden, it changed from political party to, well, this is really important to me. Okay, great. So let's have a conversation about the, the true wealth or the legacy of that. That makes a lot of sense. And your company, you're the co-founder. How did you decide that you want to use beliefs or values as the core to help people with their financial decisions? Well, it started with Ron Nakamoto, who has a program that actually is called True Wealth. That's his. And also Lee Brower, who has a, another program that is all about true wealth. They have been working for years to actually identify people's, you know, value and legacy that they want to pass on. So that's how I found out about it. I was already doing parts of it, but the true wealth name came from Ron and Lee. So this isn't anything like relatively new. It's something that is tried and true, as we'll say, and can really help people develop becoming more stable and grow their wealth. It's really now, I think, on a major growth spurt. You know, at first it was hard for people to actually have these conversations about what was important because the money always got in the way of it. And what we've been identifying and talking about for years is that the money will get in the way or help anything if we could get to the core of what's really important, because everything can't be important. So that's part of, I think, what your staff and your company also talk about is like the quality 
of your lifestyle. You need to stick to those beliefs and those values. And if you do that and let the money help you with that, that's what's going to teach you how to save or to grow the wealth as you need it. Absolutely. And also, one of the things that we talked about is that there's got to be a behavioral change. It's got to be a behavioral change, which you're very astute about and talk about. Um, Behavioral change doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens because there's got to be something really pressing to cause you to do something different. And if you can see that your lifestyle could be greatly enhanced by doing certain things, like things that you really want, that you're passionate about, your dreams, that the longevity of your money and the longevity of your lifestyle could actually be something much bigger than you thought, it's extraordinary. And what happens is if you really take into consideration in your plan what you really want, and then you back into the numbers on how you're going to get there, and you include your true value pieces to keep the conversation going forward, not getting stuck in all this chatter of, well, you did this and you did that and you did. It's so much energy gets lost. It's so much more powerful to just be able to, you know, say what you're going to do, why you're going to do it, what you want to do, really go for it. Make sure that you're aligning your whole family and your team with it and have fun. I think I I figured out just as you were saying that, that longevity piece, if I tie it to behavior for the person who is very like, I need everything now, I want it now. And so they just buy things without thinking too far ahead. And then all of a sudden the credit card bill comes in and along with the mortgage bill and the electricity bill. And all of a sudden they go, oh, God, I don't have enough money to pay for all this. But if you start to change that behavior of thinking more long term, as you're saying, that longevity of your lifestyle and then change the behavior. It's a really big deal. I mean, I've had clients, kids that stop going to Starbucks I mean, that's a big deal. For them, it was. They realized for them that they did not want to have a negative impact on what they wanted to accomplish. And that really is a key point. That's on that end. I think it matters. People have to change their behavior to accomplish what they want, because if their behaviors were giving them what they want, they wouldn't be wanting to change that. Right? Yeah. Because going back to the the Starbucks, if you are, even if you're only buying a Starbucks five days a week, its average cost is around 10 bucks by the time you get the large drink and you, most people will pick up a, a little croissant or something. So you're looking at 10 bucks a day, which is $50 a week, which is $200 a month. If you weren't spending yep. $200 a month, imagine what you could do with it. Yeah. In fact, when I was young, when I first got into the wealth management business, uh, my mother was also in and she said, I want you to put $2,000 a year away. Because if you put that in your IRA, by the time you're 50, you'll have a million dollars. And I did it like clockwork. I was just making sure I did it. And when you actually can tie, like you said, the actual behavioral part of it with the goal or the dream, then magic happens. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's really amazing. I had a situation I wanted to tell you where one of our clients' sons got accepted to Stanford. And he also got accepted to Michigan. 
And the family worked at Michigan so they get a discount from Michigan as well. And Michigan is a fabulous school. So he called me up because his parents said they couldn't afford. They have four kids. They couldn't afford to send them to Stanford. And if he wanted to go to Stanford, they'll take the money they were going to pay for Michigan and he would have to take out loans. But they said he should call me to talk to me about it. So he called me and he really wanted to go to Stanford. So I kept asking him, why? What do you want to study? You know, why is Stanford so important? And at the end of the conversation, he decided that he would think about it. So he called me back and he said, I've decided to go to Michigan. And I said, that's really interesting. I'm really proud of you because I, I know what a dream it was for you to go to Stanford. He says, what I heard you say is if I don't know what I want to go to school for, then why would I spend the extra money? <laughs> Okay. Yes, because he didn't have a good answer for you as to why Stanford was so much better. Exactly. If you don't know what you want, which goes back to creating your wealth, you know, your true wealth, if you don't know what you want, you need to think about it. And I think that the more that people identify what their core values are and what their what their longevity and their lifestyle they want to be is, and then they tie it back to what they're spending, like the Starbucks and the phones and, oh my God, everything that we do every month. Yeah. So it's not enough that we just know what we want. We have to know why we want it because the why, which is also sort of a behavior thing, is going to help us make a better decision financially, no matter what that financial decision is. Absolutely. I I think you should start with why. Why is critical and it will allow us all to get to the core of why this is so important. Because many times what's on the surface is not not the why. Deborah, you're the founder of BPP Wealth. That's Building, Protecting and Preserving Wealth. Are you able to help counsel people around the country or are you only in one state? No, we actually have clients all around the country. How could people get a hold of you if they were interested in learning more? Easy. Our website, which is uh, www.bppwealth.com. You can always email me. It's dshotsky, S-C-H-A-T-Z-K-I, at bppwealth.com. I can have some of those links, too, in the description of our shows. And I do love that your company is all about the why, because other financial advisors, a lot of times they're looking at the spreadsheet and sometimes it doesn't make sense or, or even you don't understand why the numbers on that spreadsheet aren't working out the way you want them to. So until you understand what all of your motivations are, it's hard to make the spreadsheet work. It's really magical. I wrote a book last year called Chaos to Joy. And the book was interviews between me and actual clients. This book is all women. And in all the client stories, and some of them were horrific, in all the client stories where they came in as difficult situations and it turned out to work out well, it was the why. Once we got to the why everything was important and what was so important, it was actually easy for me and my team to piece together ways to help them accomplish or do what they needed to do. I absolutely agree with you. Why is at the core of 
Right. So if people want to feel like they're not alone in this, they can get your book, Chaos to Joy, or go to the website, bppwealth.com, and get more information. And hopefully we can get all these people on the right path of understanding their true wealth. Thank you. Yeah, one of the gifts I wanted to give people too was the first chapter of the book. So that is something that if you wanted to provide to your listeners, um, that would be my joy. Great. Thank you so much, Deborah. I appreciate your help today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.